Welcome, welcome, welcome to Bundle Buddies. This is a podcast where we play indie video games from itch.io and beyond. My name is Eric Taylor Roth. And I'm Matthew Haddock. And our missing friend is Alex Honnett. We started playing through the itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality when it was launched in June 2020, raising over $8 million for charitable causes. We have since added even more bundles and games that celebrate the spirit of indie gaming and social justice. This is episode 77, and we have played 218 of the 3,451 games in our bundles, and we promise to play all of them. Thank you so much for listening to us today. It's always it's always a little clunky when Alex, our papa, uh, is not around to, to keep us um, to keep us in our rooms. You know what I mean, Matt? Yeah, keep us uh, under control because we're some wild dogs, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not going to do my homework. You know no what I mean? Way. I'm going to eat that homework. Yeah. Um, how you doing? What have uh, you been playing? What's your life been like, Matt? Man, I've been busy. You know, I've been busy doing yard work. <laughs> and that is not as fun as playing video games, I tell you that much. But no, not, not when it's hot out. No, not when it's hot out. I have been... Um, I, I I am excited to try this new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game that I have not oh. played yet, but it looks really cool. You can play it online cooperatively, and oh, it's in this in the vein of you know the old arcade game beat 'em up. So I've been try, excited to try that. Whenever I've had a little moment, I've been uh, either playing Hades for the first time, which I'm starting to get into, or playing overwatch which is you know oh really back into that again You're this back. is probably the seventh time i've relapsed since joining the podcast <laughs> but uh yeah how's about you what have you been doing i've been playing the ratchets den and you and i were just talking about it and um i've maybe maybe i'm i've played ratchets den more than any other person i don't know i've kind of broken the game i find it impossible to lose um I it's I've been playing the expansion mode. My current game has been playing for like 15 hours or something like that. Oh like it's God. Yeah, I I really like it the game. I wish it was harder at this point. Well, like I wonder if if they probably would appreciate your feedback, right? Cuz you've been doing all of this quality assurance testing for them. I and mean, then- we should have them on. I'd love to talk to them about it. About the Ratchet's Den. I'd love to talk about the Ratchet's Den. Pun you can tell them, tell them where they uh, where they fucked up. <laughs> um, give them the uh, just just take them to take them to court on the podcast. Make them feel absolutely, absolutely tear them apart. I love this game so much. Here's what you did wrong. <laughs> Let's no, get into no. this week's uh, episode. What do you say? It's I a say it's a bummer. Show. It's a bummer. Alex is not here to to intro. Uh, this guest because he was the person who uh, found them. But our, our guest this week is Sebastian Quack. Sebastian um, is a founding member of the Invisible Playground Network, co-director of Trust and Play, the European School of Urban Game Design, and co-organizer of Drift Club, a platform that facilitates random musical walks through cities and the world. Since 2021, Sebastian is a director of Now Play This, a festival of experimental game design in London. He goes into, um, you know, all of the stuff that uh, he's involved with. It's a it's a wonderful conversation. Um, we kind of approach games from uh, a different direction. Uh, and um, so it's cool to kind of talk about that. Um, you'll hear all about it on the show uh this week's cause is any abortion fund in the united states donate to one send us proof we'll shout you out um you can check our twitter for more details and if you donate and send proof to bundle buddies podcast at gmail.com we will shout you out on the show did i miss anything matt i think that sounded fantastic thank you well done thank you well, well done. let's let's get into this freaking thing what do you say uh let's go as they say. <laughs> Randomly, we found you because um, one of the games that you had in your festival uh, from Now Play This, 
uh, out for delivery. We played it, and I saw on the itch page sort of a comment. It was either from you or someone else from the festival, like, hey, we'd love to feature this game. I was like, oh, that sounds right. interesting. You know, we like to play a lot of the experimental itch games and stuff like that. So that's how I got hip to it. Um, but yeah, please uh, give, cool. give, it a, yeah. Give, it a, give us an introduction. Sure. So um, my name is Sebastian Quack. I'm a game designer. I'm a games curator. Um, I do kind of weird art projects involving games, uh, not only video games, but games of all kinds. And since uh, two years now, I've been directing a festival in London called Now Play This. Um, it's a small kind of independent festival around experimental games of, of all forms, and it's kind of on the border between art, the art world, and, and games. Uh, we have a, like a theme each year. Um, this year was about democracy in games. Last year we did an, like a digital edition because of the pandemic around um, climate crisis and play. And next edition will be about love and, and games. Oh, man. So yep. one of the games we played this week, very <laughs> apropos for <laughs> learning about exactly, exactly, learning about yeah. love and games. That's amazing. Um, how did you like take us back to sort of your beginning, like the history of, of you with, uh, I guess, games in general, but also specifically video games or computer games? Like, were you into console stuff? Were you into PC stuff? Uh, how did it all start for you? So, I mean. Yeah, it, it took a few tor- turns. I mean, like I, ha- I have like a history. Like I was playing a lot of uh, you know classic Sierra adventure games with my dad. Yeah, sure. And things like that. So like I have that kind of personal story of just getting into some you know different genres of games as a kid. But then I had like a long period where I wasn't interested in, in games at all and just did like a lot of kind of um, performance and theater stuff actually and. I was I got back into games when I like about ten years ago. I went to a festival in New York called Come Out and Play Festival, which is actually still around. Yeah, I've uh, heard of that one. Go- yeah, it's been it's been going on for more than ten years now, also um, annually. Uh, and this is a festival around street games, so um, they bring together a scene of people that do um, all kinds of games that involve public space. Um, and these are video games uh, designers that that you know create kind of giant screen-based interactions, but also things using phones, but also games using just chalk and walkie-talkies and you know really low-tech stuff and balloons and kind of stuff based on tag and hide-and-seek and kind of children's games. So that really clicked for me and brought me kind of back into being interested in games as an artistic form because it's just so interesting how like game worlds blended with reality and kind of games like if you play them in places where you're not used to them they really are good at asking questions and um kind of challenging uh, what you usually think of as norms or as as reality so from there i don't know i just started doing like a lot of outdoor site-specific games projects and i still i still do that kind of work um uh, internationally as an artist and, and then also started doing festivals, uh, curating events, things like Did that. Did you find that like when you got very hip to this, this, uh, at, at the, um, come out and play festival, was there, were there already scenes like that all over Europe that you could just sort of plug yourself into or kind of network around, or were you kind of like leading the charge on that sort of stuff when, when it like got underway, when you got really interested in it? Yeah, so this was a really interesting moment, I think, because a lot of um, people were kind of discovering this at the same time oh. across Europe. Yeah. So um, there was a really important um, scene in London and in Bristol and in UK around that time also. Um, and this was also um, like some of the people involved in that scene were also the people that started Now Play This Festival that I'm directing now. So it's, it's also really personal to me. Um, so... There was really a bunch of festivals that were kind of um, inspired by that and uh, did similar things uh, around Europe for for a while, and that actually kind of died down now um, over the last years, which is which is sort of sad. Like for a while, I thought it was going to be like, you know, street games festival were going to be a thing worldwide. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but it, it really, 
did it didn't really pan out. Uh, interesting. <laughs> like, I wonder if there was something that st- stopped large people, large groups of people from gathering outside. For, I mean, I guess outside is if you're gonna have any kind of gathering, outside is the best way to do it. But yeah, exactly. And I was so annoyed also in the pandemic that like a lot of outdoor projects also were canceled mm-hmm. and kind of stopped. And you know, like when you work on this stuff, you're like, oh come on, <laughs> <You know? laughs> now we all have to sit inside. Yeah. <laughs> to be safe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is it, it, to, to hear you talk about like sort of another kind of community uh, built around games specifically. I don't know that well, I'm sure that like street games and stuff like that, they don't have the same kind of cash. They're not having the same kind of m- moment that indie games are right now. Um, do you, do, yeah, do you mean, play any of like the... Do you play any like the big collaborative like RPGs or like shooter games or anything like that? Do, do you get interested in any of like that sort of stuff? You know, like the yeah. I mean, I had a phase like playing Quake as a teenager, of course. <laughs> I, I, was, I don't know. I, I built some like some maps for it. I was interested in the architecture, so I, I was always kind of interested in the spaces of those games, I guess, and in the, in the level design and the world building. Yeah. Around. Um, but yeah, like I actually only got really back into like following video games, being interested in indie culture now, really doing exhibitions and, and events around games. So like, I mean, now I'm more like, okay, how can you kind of, you know, show games in an exhibition format or what works well together? Or, you know, how, how can you connect games to, to like ask wider questions? Um, Do you have... Yeah. So, so like I, I don't play so much like just for fun right now. Um, <laughs> so is, like, is VR big yeah. in that? Or is is it a little bit less that and more like tactical, more kind of... Tactile. Yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think VR is actually quite tactile because you have these stupid uh, headsets you have to touch and like, people, like rope around <laughs> wandering around and bumping into things <laughs> so I, I, I find VR like pretty hard to exhibit actually like there's always lines yeah it's, it's just so difficult to to get like a proper amount of people through a VR experience and I find it often like a bit annoying also that you don't have like the, the quiet that you usually need like there's some really cool kind of artistic um game experiences with vr then that i'm following right now like there's there's an there's an artist actually from ukraine originally called sofia bulgakova who's doing this really amazing kind of uh yeah live performance where multiple people have headsets and they walk around the room and it's also really interesting Mm. to watch so those things are cool for festival setups but um often it's it's just hard to exhibit um i think and also just personally i'm not such a big fan of immersive aesthetics in general so like i'm just more interested in in breaking immersion and kind of layering things and having um like the edges of games be a little bit more Hmm. blurry can you uh can you talk a little bit more about that because i don't know if that doesn't I, I guess I can't picture what that means. <laughs> like, like in terms of like, yeah, yeah like, so yeah, what would sure. be kind of like a good example of something like that from a recent fest? So, yeah, I can, I can talk about some of the games maybe we had also at, at um, this year's Not Play This. So, for example, there's, there's one game that I, I really enjoyed a lot. Like, we had a couple of um, kind of um, full room installations. And um, one of the pieces was called uh, Chorus Effect like kind of an audio effect and was just a just a kind of uh, a room with a microphone and a chair and, and a piece of paper and a text and what happens is you go in and you you see this text in the microphone and when you start reading it like there's this ai system that listens to you and just kind of speaks with you with all the voices of everyone else mm. that was in the room it's super yeah. spooky <laughs> um, that sounds so. really really spooky <laughs> <laughs> and then you stop, you know, you're like, what the fuck? Uh, it stops, and then it also stops, of course, and you continue, and it speaks with you. And it's it's kind of about, okay, you know, are you going to just say the same thing that everyone else did, you know, and add to the system, or are you going to say something else, and then it's silent? Um, and it's just, like, it's an interesting question. And for me, this was good for, like, talk, thinking about democracy, because, like, okay, like, what does your voice mean, and do you kind of... 
um, you know, just kind of submit to a certain text that's that's given to you, or like, do you accept that your voice might be like really singular and alone if you deviate from that script and things like that? Um, so, so that's interesting to me because it works as a performance and as a game, right? So a lot of people also then w were watching this this thing, um, and you kind of um, yeah go back and forth be between being a player and. and uh, being a spectator also I, another good example is actually the ad for delivery one yeah which is really nice because it's you know it's like it uses these 360 videos which make it really real somehow like just the fact that it's recorded on actual routes of delivery people mm -hmm. in china um and you don't have that much to do <laughs> no there's I, I was shocked uh by that game specifically i i really really loved it there, there's that stretch too where the delivery driver just leaves the camera on the the bike for like five minutes and you're just sort of in beijing like looking around like at this pretty deserted like intersection there's like a family yeah. walking by and it, it, in terms of that thing of like um that idea of breaking immersion was really, really interesting because I was completely drawn in, uh, but at, completely as a spectator. Like, I never felt sort of like I was really, really there, but I was, like, present for this kind of, like, really strange, singular moment that, like, if you're if you're yeah. normally, like, watching someone try to tell a story, you would never just have a, a gap in the narrative like that for a long period of time, which was so, so interesting. I, I was really floored by that game. Yeah, I think it comes a lot from this kind of um, overlap also with the art scene where you have a little bit maybe of a suspicion also towards immersion mm. and you kind of want there to be some kind of critical distance that happens, kind of that you keep poking kind of uh, participants to like not get too much into it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> from time to time you like have to kick them out again. Yeah. And and this, this is really easy when you're working in public space, like just if you do um, outdoor games, um, there's just always random stuff that happens all the time. So you never have complete control over the, the player experience. Um, like there was a game at the festival that just involved um, creating a, like using big red like rope and doing like a cat's cradle thing, but with people. So each person was a, was a finger. <laughs> and then you kind of redid this kind of child's game with the, like these very intricate rope patterns, but with people. Um, and it's just like a spectacle. People stop and ask what's going on, um, and you get all kinds of conversations about what it means. And you never have like, you never know what's going to happen, right? Um, and even if you do stuff that's maybe like GPS based or audio based, um, there's always connections that people make. Um, even like classic scavenger hunt or like Journey to the End of the Night mm -hmm. or things like that. You really like the fun of this is in the unexpected kind of, you know intrusion of other things that are non-game elements into the play right like things where you thought oh my god this was like a really interesting non-player character and it turns out this was just a random you know person that, <laughs> that wasn't even part of the experience or so that always happened so like setting up for this kind of encounter is interesting to me um and that's also i think where even in video games like the best moments to me are when you some at some point wake up and say, wow, you know, this is like meaningful for me because it somehow connects to something or something unexpected happens. Um, that's not purely kind of, you know, meant to happen um, in the gameplay. It's really strange. We struggle. I mean, you know, that this project looking at sort of the large scope of games and itch.io in general, you know, itch, it seems like contains so many multitudes of different kinds of communities making different kinds of games and there's a lot of really interesting experimental games there's a lot of sort of um more maybe not even like vanilla but trying to get into the idea of of uh <laughs> almost like self-annihilation you know what i mean like really just like distract you and let you play this thing and kind of disappear into a game for a while um which when I, I think about games as like recreation and stuff like that, that's usually what I'm looking for is to kind of be transported away for a little bit and forget myself. Similar to a, a lot of what it is, you know, if I'm consuming like a movie or, you know, a TV show or something like that. And yeah. it's interesting to, to, to talk about like these kind of transformative elements of games, you know, where it, you are, <laughs> you're still like squarely yourself experiencing this thing. And you are like fully aware of that the entire time. Um, 
we've played a few games that are like that. I, I feel like we just played one called Welcome to Elk. Uh, and we'll have played that while it came out, but after this episode came out, um, comes out, but it was this really strange, like narrative focused game, but it never let you forget that you were playing a video game. You know, it was these sort of strange childish graphics, but, uh, cut with like stories that people told about, um, you know, real life experiences they had, they had game, like things happen in the game that were like similar to that. Uh, you had dreams. They just like really, really made it clear you're playing a video game. You're like kind of experiencing things through this character, but it's not <laughs> not what you're expecting normally from from like a narrative video game. Um, and it challenged yeah. me in a way I wasn't really expecting. Um, yeah, I think that's also a strength of um, like really short games or, or scenes mm. uh, like on Itch, where you have a lot of like really rough um, games also that are not so like. Uh, giant and epic somehow so i think that's like really also a cool thing of going back and forth between like short game experiences that a lot of the fun is in oh wow what was this and then you talk to friends about it or something and you kind of switch between really different approaches it's kind of similar to also what i like about festivals right that you like you don't really go there to like lock onto something <laughs> you know yeah large go there for the variety and for kind of also thinking about how things are made or like seeing kind of you know what's in progress um how how people are making things um yeah so that's that's i think that those are the parts of like also video games culture that i like most actually you know is like um this community aspect and just the diy part of it and the, the communities where you go also back and forth between being a maker and being a player yeah you know what's funny is i'm thinking of because I, I think lately, like at this point in my life, I, I want uh, immersion <laughs> from my, you know, like, like to me, that's, that's what cra the craft is. Like how, how much can I be pulled into something like that? To, and mm -hmm. whereas there have been points in my life where I'm like, where I want that, um, that sort of postmodern deconstruction or sort of reflection that you're talking about. But then I'm also right. thinking about, um, you know, like so much of my video game playing right now is co-op and it's with my friends. And so there is even in complete immersion, that deconstruction that's happening because I'm playing with my buddy, right? Like I'm not this, this right. video game person who's running around and actually shooting somebody. Right. And if, you know, something kind of happens, like, and, you know, at any point, anybody in my friend group can just sort of remind all of us that, like, we're actually sitting down, you know, across the country from one another playing this game together. It's not a real experience that we're having. Like, the experience that is real that we're having is this social digital experience. Um, so it's so it's funny because, like, as you're talking, I'm like, that's almost the, like, what you're describing right now is almost the opposite of kind of what I want <laughs> in terms of. I was Eric. I was one hundred percent thinking about that. Like, this is this is the conversation we get into in this podcast a lot of the time. Is just sort of like uh, specifically what we're looking for from this kind of experience, mm -hmm. you, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I do wonder. It's like I think we approach it a lot as consumers, you, you know, which is what the majority of of, of players I think are because that's the the way they engage it through. You buy a game as a piece of entertainment as opposed to um, something to actually engage with or be challenged well, by. You're challenged in a very specific parameter. You know but what I mean? I don't mean? know. I, I think that there's yeah. times where entertainment and immersion are the ways to get people to actually like that em emotional inv invocation. I don't know, as a means of getting people to actually challenge their notions as opposed to kind of an intellectual aspect. I don't know. You know, I'm not saying. That's that's just sort of where I am in terms yeah, of my yeah, own sure. thought on this uh, subject. Yeah, I get it. I mean, like stuff I've been playing recently that I like that are more long form. Like I really enjoyed Norco, for example, just kind of sure. back to like yeah. the adventure game traditions. Like which, yeah, I mean, you do get you know into that for like a stretch of time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's so much to do and kind of you have this whole, like I really like this kind of internal mind mapping feature mm. that they have in there. Um, and yeah, and, and that's an interesting one, right? Because it like, it has this kind of really intricate storytelling and then it still talks about 
uh, I don't know, post-industry uh, and kind of the, the, the history of uh, industrialization in Louisiana uh-huh. or whatever. Eric, so, uh, like, Norco was made by the same folks who made Backbone, which was the uh, fo- sort of like Zootopia noir-esque one that we played that with one. about eight, about aliens. Oh, that's by, yeah. that's by the same – okay. It's, it's the same it's the same. I should check this yeah. out. That sounds up my alley. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So, like, I think those – things that are more going also into like i guess it's also related to like documentary mm. games or like documentary filmmaking and things like that and how that um leads into games um, yeah no i'm not yeah. i'm not saying I, yeah i'm not i'm not, I'm not <laughs> I, it's it's not it's less like oh i think that this is it's more yeah i guess it's it's less that i disagree with uh the sort of idea of deconstruction and inviting, you know, a public group or whatever. It's more just sort of like, oh, where I, where am I kind of in my trajectory? Because I think I oscillate back and forth between like really liking, you know, modernism and then really liking like postmodernism, right? And, and you know, where in yeah, my yeah. life am I? Am I somebody who just wants like, you know, to – I want the veil pulled back or do I want like the veil kind of pulled in front of me? And that – that is different based, you know, 10 years ago, I think you and I would have been having a very different conversation about just like, like, yeah, yes. <laughs> like nothing should be immersive. Mm-hmm. Everything should be like, you know, we should be all, like constantly critical all the time. And, you know, now I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like everyone has their own kind of ecology of what they need at what yeah. time. I get that. <laughs> like for me, like when I need to shut down, I like play play online golf uh-huh. you know like this japanese thing like that's kind of my emergency yeah. zone out <laughs> like i got <laughs> totally into that during the pandemic for some reason just this kind of hyper competitive zone you know with no uh, <laughs> connection to any like theme it's just like, yeah it's just you know pure of, like yeah. strategy <laughs> like math yeah can yeah. i yeah. yeah so that's that's my go-to zone out <laughs> Thing, I yeah. get really hooked into the civilization games or sort of the turn-based strategy mm-hmm. things. That's my my poison, my particular uh, pickling poison. The um, have you found any uh, games, other games like Out for Delivery? Because you mentioned a little bit about the idea of documentary, and and that uh, you know it, it's it really just borders on being like. I think a lot about watching like travelogues on YouTube and stuff like that, and that it almost feels something uh, more akin to that. This kind of like mostly an edited but like curated experience of of following someone in their day uh i'm so curious i'm like i feel like that's going to be a really uh big (laughs) category of thing in the future especially if um you know the pandemic uh, proceeds as long as it is yeah yeah there's it's it's a small scene i don't know like um I think everything of it, but like one pointer, maybe there's like a group from Austria called Gold Extra. (laughs) (laughs) They they do like uh, kind of documentary style games around all kinds of um, topics. Uh, Also, uh, like, I don't know, like they did a thing about e-waste and about like experience of being a refugee and things like that. Um, And also like there's some projects that are kind of on the border between like television uh, production and gaming, like, uh, there was one that was interesting about this oil. What was it called? Um, it was about like an oil refinery town in Canada. Oh, cool! And you kind of, you kind of just walked around this town, and then, but you then you got like documentary style interviews with people. I don't know. It was like I was really excited about the setup, but then I was like a bit disappointed, but because the gameplay just <laughs> yeah. So it is amazing when it's like, oh, this is so cool, but this sucks. Like I'm not having, I'm not like drawn into this at all. You know? Yeah, yeah. That, I, that's why I was so surprised that I like enjoyed the outfit delivery mm-hmm. so much because I think they just through this kind of cutesy dialogue mm-hmm. uh, aesthetic. They kind of trick you into thinking that it's a game, right? <laughs> so, completely. <laughs> so, so you're like going along, and you kind of identify with the characters for some reason, and I don't know, like, and just the fact that you can look around is maybe enough. Yeah, there. there's that there's that moment uh, again. You're like in the elevator, and there's this guy just glaring at you, and it's like the, the most honest moment I've seen <laughs> in something yeah. so long. This guy's just like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" <laughs> like looking at you. And you feel it. You really feel it. Um, 
Is there anything I, I, you mentioned a couple things right there of like things that are similar to what I uh, was looking for with that for delivery. Is there anything getting made right now that you're, you're checking out that you're really, really excited about, or that's really interesting for, for you? Anyone you want to shout out? Mm. Yeah, maybe this, like um, this project from Sofia Bulgakova that I mentioned, yeah. this kind of VR ritualistic um, thing that's like building on kind of ancient uh, Ukrainian uh, rituals, uh, things like that, and using really high tech uh, VR stuff um, in a very kind of abstract way. Um, I think that's that's happening. It's going to come out at a festival later this year. Um, curious how that goes. played um three games this week uh, they were akudu showdown the search and animal lover why don't we start with akudu showdown from the racial justice and equality bundle developed by hut 90 it's an action 3d abstract fast-paced low poly one hit kill game akudu showdown previously known as akudu mad world is an award-nominated isometric fast-paced action game where players compete with swords and guns in intense versus matches the game is set on low poly diorama arenas where players have to not only watch out for opponents but also the environment from killing them so, uh, Sebastian, did you get to play this with anyone? <laughs> yeah, so super lame. Yeah. I, I couldn't find to, to play it with, but I played against the bots and like <laughs> tried out the different, the different dioramas, which were fun. Um, that's also the part I like most, I think, is these kind of cute little, uh, just kind of floating. What was it? Like a construction site and some weird street crossing where there was always a car. <laughs> yeah, and a that would running, running run you view. over. Like this game is an unforgiving game. <laughs> like to be in it is to yeah. be dying all the time. It really, uh, it's, uh, you know, Elden Ring-like in that, in that way. I also didn't, we, Alex and I have been trying to figure out how to like play these things together, which I think at some point we will. <laughs> We're such a like. Yeah. Oh man, I'm so excited! We're so close to figuring it out. It's just two years into playing these games together, and uh, we might be able to play them actually together. Um, yeah, right. I do love the idea of. There's so many games we play like this where I mean, I played mostly the single player function, which is you just sort of running through a wasteland. Um, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, this would be fun to play with some other people to sort of tackle this kind of world in this way. But I'm really not getting the full experience of actually playing against folks in kind of this like goofy um, environment. This, this kind of feels like a, I mean, it's it's a full game, don't get me wrong, but like a, a really fun kind of like test driver demo, like a framework on which you could hang like uh, like a, a, a property or you know what I mean? Like something even a little more complicated than what it is because the figures themselves are just these kind of like amorphous blobs that are just walking around. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they do a lot of work in kind of trying to abstract away the, the violence mm. into making it somehow sporty. Also, it's like very like primary colors, yeah. you know, <laughs> and then yeah. like you turn into these cubes <laughs> when you die. Um, but I'd like, just where I am right now in my life, like I find it very hard to play violent mm. games at all. Yeah, like, I, I, I was just... going to ask about that. Do you, how do you feel about violence in game yeah, in, I mean, in I, gaming? Yeah, <laughs> Not necessarily like, broader. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's like I guess it's an important cultural venue that we have, like to to deal with violence. Like I think it's like. But it's just not for me right now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, but it's maybe also like an age thing. Like when I was a teenager, it was like it was a really useful outlet for me, yeah. right? And I'm, I'm, I don't know. Like I think it's like it's useful for a lot of people to let out these kind of uh, like fast moving, tense experiences, kind of. And then, like as I've gotten older, it's just gotten less and less interesting for me. Um, maybe maybe it'll come back. I don't know. Um, so yeah, so it's it's quite it's kind of hard for me to like just play games that are so much about death because it's so similar to the news. Yeah, sure. Right. So it's it's like I think games serve a lot as kind of like a, a like a different world <laughs> than what you think about you know day to day. Like so, so like you're kind of you want this escapism in a sense, and then okay, shit, it's not really escapism <laughs> if I have like fucking war on the news all day, and then I like escape into a war zone yeah well? that makes, i don't know like that but that's like that's not about this game at all that's no i think like that that makes thing. that yeah. makes sense and i think strangely again i you know 
I, in the past few years, I've like found myself, <laughs> yeah, enjoying more like violent games more again. I you like you're speaking to me, <laughs> Sebastian. Like two or three years ago, like two or three years ago, we would be like, mm-hmm. yes, yes, and like now again, you know, on a weird, on my own weird trajectory. I think like for this game, the the world around it is so difficult and like hard to survive that I think if it was me and my friends, you know, playing it, that might be the the you know what is enjoyable that's the draw yeah. it's it's so unforgiving you're watching all your that friends kind of get popped oh, I just, off by this yeah. merciless system. i happen to be the person that like you know survived in this i you know i can't i don't i, I don't want to be the guy that like defends violent games <laughs> that's not my that's not my vibe that's not my my thing well it's funny too it's violence is so ubiquitous like in gaming in general it is like so the the um the avenue through which like we channel so much stuff that we don't sometimes we I don't th- even think if we consider it like separate from it a lot. Of the well, time. I think so I think it, what a lot of it is, is that so it's like it's like defending, you know, like the Marvel movies or something like that. It's like that's what culture is in general. Like, why would you like take some time to to like defend like this this massive property? Well, I think more of what it is, is that it's like, oh, it's a very easy, quick, like, yeah. Right. Either, yeah. Either you're going to survive or you're not going to survive. Right. And it's like we, you don't really have to. The stakes are so anything obvious. else beyond that. Right. Which right. I think is, um, you know, in terms of like efficiency and storytelling or um, like rule creation or like how, you know, again, we're talking about immersion, like it's a quick and easy immersive quality. Right. Like, you know, as a in a day to day life, you want to survive, right? Therefore, in this game, you want to survive. I think that that's why a lot of games yeah, end yeah. in that and, direction. And there's also something in in this one that's maybe not even so much about the violence, um, but about kind of being able to manipulate your environment in a way that you mm-hmm. don't have access to. So I think like it's also like why action movies are interesting. I think and kind of martial arts movies, right? Because they connect to something that you also have in parkour or in other like skateboarding cultures, where you sort of take ownership of a of a landscape that you might you know get in trouble for you know moving things around or climbing on things or going over barriers. And obviously, like depending on where you are and who you are, like uh, your like movement in public spaces really can be very mm-hmm. limited, right? So um, I think games like this offer like also a way to experience the sort of rush of, you know, charging across the street and like barely dodging a car uh, or jumping over a fence or whatever, (laughs) you know, to just kind of, I don't know, own Mm -hmm. your surroundings in a way, right? Or like exert power over over your world. And and that's also why I think these small kind of... um, little dioramas are quite effective in this in this one right where you just like okay this is like a small piece of world that you can like oversee all parts of it (laughs) and you can like really like push Mm -hmm. that um to its limit um so like this form of simplification i think is really like you know what what's attractive um depending on you know what you need (laughs) in your life right now Then let's talk really quickly about if we're a pass or play on this. Uh, so it's a binary kind of thing. It's just like, you know, would you recommend this to folks or would you, uh, from your own experience, would you rather not like say they can kind of skip this one over based on the massive amount of games in the bundles? I'll start. I think this one's a, a play for me. Um, it's cool. It's like a fun little thing, especially if you have like a couch co-op situation. I think this is like a fun one to just kind of check out. And more than anything else, I, I think it's like a well-constructed game um, uh, that is sort of like really executes on what it's trying to do in a really, really fun way. There's lots of customization options. And I didn't even get into like understanding all the hats you could get in it. But apparently there's a lot of hats you can pick up, which <laughs> I, also, I also didn't get any no, hats. No, I didn't get any hats. I would, I would agree. Like I would also say like if, you, if you're like doing a – like couch uh, co-op or like versus situation give it give it a spin um yeah uh yeah i'm also there with you it's a triple play if you can uh play it with somebody else uh fun thing to kind of run around and it might be a pizza game uh 
just have a mm. have a slice of pizza, run around, you know. Oh, one thing I really liked about it was the music during the menu. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if, you, if I don't know if you noticed, like it has this really calm kind of slightly like neoclassical avant-garde <laughs> style soundscapey music. I'm like, what's going on? And then and then it changes like drastically when the game starts. But it's <laughs> weird pick actually, but very atmospheric. <laughs> Is this popping it open while you're like, you know, playing Go later or something like that to get the vibes right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Uh, why don't we talk about the search next? This one is also from the Racial Justice and Equality Bundle by Jason Godby. An adventure, art game, atmospheric, casual, experimental, mystery, photorealistic, point and click uh, walking simulator. Description, embark on a journey of discovery and inspiration in The Search, a story-driven puzzle adventure set in the mysterious world where art comes to life. In an unknown world, you'll search for clues about the nature of this place as well as your own past. Guided only by the letters of a mysterious stranger, you'll find the universe works differently from our own. It's a world in which obstacles can be overcome by your own creativity and where art comes to life to create the uh, create tears in the fabric of reality. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. This is It's, it's like mist. <laughs> Remember Miss? Uh, yeah, it's a point and clicky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember like my uncle had a, a Mac laptop in the '90s. That like these were the types of games that you could get for them. They were all a little bit spookier, right? Like this this did not go for spooky vibes at all. It was sort of just sort of a, a kind of beauty. Like it was the the yeah, it was really pretty. Do beauty as a like as a tone, tonally beautiful. Um, and I think that that's when it's most uh, successful. What do you think, Seb? Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know. Like, I played it to the end. Oh, wow. Um, and it didn't take so long, so it's a short game. Mm -hmm. um, so that's also, I think that works in its favor, actually. Um, so it's not trying too many different things. Um, there's something that, sits wrong with me like there's something that that's i don't know like i think there's like a spoiler i'm not sure if i should spoil the end like did you did play to the end no the i play, I played about mm -hmm. half i think i played about halfway through because it is right. a pretty so, short so, so i'm gonna try this without spoiling so did you like how did you find the controls oh the controls <laughs> yeah like just moving around it like, was how, fine how i i think <laughs> pretty standard for this type of game mm -hmm. you know every once in a while i'd get a little irritated um yeah, that's hard. But yeah, so like you, you, you like kind of pr use the mouse, right, to like move to forward, around, and then right. you like, and then and then you have like these weird ninety degree turns yeah. that you have to do mm -hmm. all the time. Like so, you're kind of going through rooms to find uh, different paints, and then you, um, and it's very ritualistic. So you f you take a photo of something, and then you have to burn the photo to get a certain <laughs> pigment. That's right. And then you put then you put the pigment in a jar. And then you put the brush in the jar, and then you can just going over like the core yeah. mechanic, right? And then you can like paint on a on like a canvas that you place, and then it sort of opens a portal to a next world or like a next part of the yeah. level or whatever. Um, and to do this, you have to kind of scan all the rooms and like search everything for these various parts, which kind of keep repeating mm -hmm. throughout the game. Um, and I was like going through this and like, okay, fine, fine, and like find sort of the same thing repeats over and over and the, the 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 level is kind of beautiful but i just got super annoyed by like these 90 degree turns yeah no, i think i think that, <laughs> is that's... That, there's something you see that you can't you, you need to go like straight like back forward left to get to it it's like you're like a 90 degree robot I, or something i think that that's that's always kind of i think what's attractive about this type of game is it is is fairly easy to construct and i've always found that to be frustrating about the point and click kind of games right where you're like oh i want that thing right there and you're like nope that's a 90 degree turn but actually the 90 degree turn doesn't mean that you're looking at that thing anymore what you need to do is you need to go straight forward then turn and then you can look at it i yeah, I know exactly, exactly what you're talking yeah. about. I think, yeah. yeah. And this and this thing, this frustration, like something happens with that frustration at the oh, end. Oh, really? So, <laughs> okay, well, I'm not going to we'll, say we'll, what it is. We'll keep talking about it's, it, and then we'll have you, we'll put up a spoiler. Yeah. We'll say spoils, and yeah. then you can spoil it. <laughs> Lately, I'm, I'm yeah. getting really into uh, 
not finishing the games and having somebody on the podcast tell me what happens at the very end. Of the game. <laughs> I think for me, the thing that I found, um, it, like the the thing that irritated me a little bit about the game was some of the writing, and I think <laughs> you mean all like sort of the weird philosopher well, stuff. Well, just sort of like it yeah. was a little on the nose because I think that like the game was yeah. really beautiful and and i think mm-hmm. that if if they had stuck with kind of the imagery alone and maybe um you know kind of like took one or two steps away from being like i just read this yes essay by um Jung, right you know like a little like a little bit of like it, it was kind of interesting to think about like the last time i was in a room where like a lot of people were talking about essays they wrote or they read was like a party in college <laughs> Because it happens constantly where people are like, I just read an essay. In this essay I just wrote or read, you know, like it just feels like it happens quite a bit in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And also like there's a little bit of like writing about having a hard time. I I also find art about having a hard time making art to be a little um, indulgent in a way that I'm not really attracted to anymore. And and I think. Yeah. yeah, And and it's this really old school view of art. Mm. Like that's what annoyed me. It's like, okay, like the great artist is the person who, you know, like has a brush and somehow finds the genius in mm-hmm. himself uh, <laughs> to like do like a, I don't know, like but do a heroic image. Yeah. Joseph, <laughs> Joseph Campbell. They talk about Joseph Campbell a lot. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and un, unironically. Right. right? Whereas, whereas if it had, and, and I think part of the, the, that's the hard thing about being on the nose with some of the things that you make is if this had relied so much more on, on imagery itself, like I could have brought my own experience to it and then they could have had their own, uh, you know, they could have known what they were thinking going into it, but created something that where I could bring my own experience to it. And maybe, you know, in their creation, they're like, I don't know what I want to make. I guess I'm making a game right now about painting. And I could have been there and I've been like, Oh, you know, already like, creation is beautiful right or like you know whatever it is that i was going to bring to it so i there was a disconnect to me between like the the imageries that they were using again very beautiful and very evocative and you know i want as i've said uh immersion uh and then you know these these essays that i thought were a little indulgent and you don't actually paint right so like there's there's all this you know theory about how like what painting is and then you just click and the painting appears <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't know no like, i'm totally I, with you i'm yeah. totally with you it's it is this like the game itself i one of the things i was kind of shocked at there were a few things i liked about it i really liked the voice actress i thought her voice was yeah. very yeah. very nice mm-hmm. And that was like a so it's like a good feeling to like be walking around these beautiful images with a nice voice kind of saying stuff to you. But I was pulled out in like not a fun way by all the talk about philosophy and uh, psychology and creativity in these sort of weird ways felt like a little um, contrived, you know, in this specific way. But I, I was also shocked at. When you turn around ninety degrees anywhere, even if it's not something you have to interact with, there like this person made like this a boring hallway, like fully rendered in this digital art. And to me, I was just like, that's so much work to have to like yeah, yeah. C- kind yeah. of like do all this art for all of this area. It just it felt like so strange, like uh, like weirdly disappointing to me of like that the, they had to like draw this wa- this hall. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, there's like some things I liked as well. Like, uh, so not just to like complain about this game. Mm. I mean, like, there's there's like there's a weird ritualistic thing that this game did, which just kept repeating, which I really appreciated. Like this kind of thing of you take a photo of something and you burn it and you put it in this <laughs> jar and you put the brush in the jar and you paint with that and you do that again and again mm-hmm. and that that's like yeah, so strange. weird yeah. that i really like it <laughs> like just like just going more into the weirdness of those ideas would have been really good <laughs> you know just like keep keep doing that and don't explain <laughs> it so much basically would be i, you know, I do advice. think the hardest part of the game was that first alleyway when you had to kind of figure out what to do with everything and i was mm-hmm. i couldn't find stuff i found you know the jar but i didn't know i had to like burn the pigment and you, there's just 
just like all these questions. And then after I figured that out, everything else kind of fell into place. Like it, nothing else was really that difficult. But that moment right there at the top was like, I, I didn't know what the F to do. I had to go watch yeah. a, uh, a walkthrough. I actually, I found a walkthrough on the internet that was completely wrong, which is always <laughs> okay. a funny experience. Oh, that's so I, I kept that... I kept on trying to do the thing it was telling me to do, and like that was not the thing I was supposed to do, and I was getting so frustrated. Should we get to um, final why thoughts? don't we hop into yeah. yeah, let's do final thoughts. I am a play on this one. I don't know. The the art is nice and the piano that's playing in the background is nice and it's not very difficult. It doesn't take too ask too much for, of you. And if you can kind of ignore sort of the 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 stuff that I felt was like kind of shallow, uh, deep trying to like make make a larger point i do think there's a lot to enjoy in this game um so that, that was my feeling uh sebastian what about you yeah it's like a relaxing afternoon thing maybe if you're well but but i'm still gonna say pause <laughs> totally uh yeah i think uh it has a lot of the trappings of a point and click kind of thing where it's like you find yourself being frustrated sometimes because you're not you just have not found the thing that you need to point and click on and then i think but i do think that like there's like legit beauty in this game even though i'm also going to be a pass on it because i think that there's there is a, a frustration between the like literal writing and uh sort of what i'm experiencing and kind of what i enjoy about what i'm experiencing cool Oh, oh give me the spoiler, spoiler yeah. Let's, oh, we need please, to tell, do you want to spoil it, it? Spoil it, spoil it. <laughs> all right, all right. So at the end, <laughs> you get to like the fifth painting that you step through, and then it says like, okay, now you're a true artist, and 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 you can like use the mouse to move around. <laughs> so 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 it's suddenly like this annoying ninety degree thing, like oh really. Stops. And you can, yeah, yeah. And then you can like walk through and like, you know, it's fully rendered 3D Whoa. thing, like in a like shooter Strange. style controls. And then, and then there's this like ladder leading up to the sky that you just like go up to. <laughs> so I, so it's extremely, dude, I'm going to go play this now. You just convinced me to go check it out. I'm so <laughs> curious what that feeling would be like. So I don't know. Like, yeah. It's, that's, I, that's so funny that like lately that's not the first i hate how this happens to us all the time eric these games pull the rug out from under you in the last minute like ah but actually you know like that's the that's kind of the thing though is like i don't know people forget that you can't just have like a good twist at the end of it like you need like something really compelling in the first you know half hour of your like you got yeah sorry i don't know like it's got to Sorry. It's got to be compelling. Sorry, the search. Also, right? Like, and then you can have a twist. But uh, all right. Well, speaking of compelling up top, let's talk about Animal Lover. This is from the Racial Justice and Equality Bundle by Trainwreck Studios. It's a visual novel, dating sim, uh, Tomei Renpi game. Uh, Animal Lover is a dating sim visual novel where you play a young woman trying to cure five beefy, attractive men from being turned into animals forever. Whoa! It's funny. It's sad. It's weird. It's got cute boys. What else do you have going on? Does it have going on? Hey, man. You know, if you, I, that, that, it's, that it, it's right a there. visual, it's a, it's a visual novel, dude. What else do you want from it? Um, yeah. I don't, Sebastian, what's your experience with visual novels? Are you familiar with the genre at all? A little bit. And I've been um, actually like trying to get an overview mm-hmm. of the dating sim uh, like genre now for researching for our next festival. Right. So I w- really enjoyed playing this actually to just kind of, understand that and there's like one reference that i really like from that genre that i that i think is great that everyone should play is um the game the game from angela washko mm. um who's who's an artist who did like a lot of research around um the horrible horrible world of pickup oh, artists great. and she um transformed the actual manuals of pickup artists into a dating simulator <laughs> <laughs> so, so so you're confronted with like horrible men trying to manipulate you according to their own oh, manual <laughs> which is really cool um so uh, this is the game the game from angela washko and this is kind of the opposite right like this is like in a weird way like i don't know like 
attractive, wonderful men, but they've all been cursed by a witch in the past because they did something sexist and now they're back. <laughs> <laughs> like the story is just so great. I mean, like it's, it's this teenage girl that kisses animals and, and then men, naked men appear. And it's very important. That, it's very important in the game that they're naked yes. at first. Like that's, that, that's like the main drama of the game comes from the fact that they're naked. So it's not like such a big deal that like a hamster just turned into a person. Right. But that is but, naked. Yeah. <laughs> the man is naked is like much more i love that that <laughs> more that of a problem she, like kisses this hamster and it turns into a, a naked man and she's like i cannot tell my veterinarian boss that just that, that, <laughs> yeah i have to get this man home so i can get him clothed that like and i cannot tell my mom <laughs> like the best was like there's an option there where it's like you should should I tell my boss or not? And I was like, yeah, you should tell your boss. Like this is this is crazy. And then she, it, yeah. it played out that when you tell it like the word like you tell the boss, and then it's like actually that's a bad idea. Like it's a worst case scenario kind of thing, and then you don't tell her anyways. Um, I I loved so I. I played. I met two of the naked men. I didn't. I didn't meet all five naked men. I um. I met Edmund the Seventh, which I think is a hilarious name, and then Frankie Tomlinson. <laughs> Those, and I think that from oh. the fifties, the the one guy was like supposed to be some kind of medieval prince mm-hmm. or something, and the and the the other guy was from the fifties. So these men are from different, like, stages in the history of masculinity. Sure. I think that's the idea. Yeah. Uh, how far? How far did you get, Seb? Well, I, I guess I stopped reading at like the third guy, and I just kind of like scrolled sure. through a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but I was, but I was curious, like how it plays out. Um, I think the premise is really interesting, um, and I was surprised that there is like a so it, there's like a lot of build up, uh, like until you get the five guys out of the animals. And, and then and then I was thinking, okay, so now this is over or something. But then actually the game starts. <laughs> so then it suddenly turns into a date like into an actual dating simulator. Oh wow. So so then you like go to the park and you choose who you want to spend time with. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And and you really start to build relationships with these guys. It's it's quite fascinating actually. <laughs> It's a long game. This is that's, a long form. Game. That's so funny because I, I said it was an hour. Usually these games are pretty quick, you know, like the, yeah. the, or they're really long. You know what I mean? Like yeah, no, it's, no, it's it's more like four hours. I think. Oh my god, I gotta, I kind of want to go back and finish this. Yeah, I didn't reach the end. Um, I, I was very curious, like how it how it ends actually. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it's really interesting. Um, I, the narrator hates when people chew loudly which i love and relate to very very strongly (laughs) uh yeah i always feel so weird evaluating these kinds of games because you know it's using a framework that is essentially just like it, it it's like these fun short stories uh created by people that are in communities kind of like creating them for each other. You know, I I don't think people make money off of these kinds of games a lot. I think they're really just like fans of the genre and they make games uh, for other people who are fans of the genre and everyone just sort of has a good time interacting with all these. Uh, And then I, I sort of like stumble upon these games in the bundles and get exposed to them and you know, I, I think like, oh, the writing doesn't, it feels like a little amateurish or something like that. Or like the storytelling isn't like super sophisticated. And that's really what it's supposed to be. Like the, I, I don't think these, these kinds of games make any kind of uh, false promises about what they're going to be. And I think they, they do a really good job of kind of uh, being what, what they're supposed to be for, for the people who like them. And I, I am always really, really charmed and interested by that. Um, especially because it just feels like people who are, in their bedrooms a lot, you know, wanting to feel romantic feelings yeah. about these sort of fictional characters. It's little romance That's novels. Said, which I, I, think is very I would always encourage anyone who's working on a visual novel to move that plot along, baby, especially up top. Just like, just get me, get me to the action. I don't need, uh, I, you, sometimes you think that like you need more exposition than you really, you really do. You've got images. The, these always work best when like 
the images are helping the writing. Like, you know, if I'm seeing, yeah, if I'm seeing a naked man, I don't need you to say like, I, he is a naked man. Right. I, I mean, it is funny, right? Like, but I'm just saying that like, you know, I always, I will always encourage the writers of visual novels to, to, to move it, to get, to get going. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't worry about doing a second pass to cut out some of the unnecessary writing. That's just me. It's... Yeah. It's interesting to me. It f- felt more like a story actually. Mm. Also, um, and it also reminded me a little bit about around the scene of people kind of writing, I don't know, like erotic stories oh, or yeah. something yeah. like that, like this kind of, kind of erotic fiction and things like that. So it's a lot about the words, which is good. And then I guess it just like the, the here, the tech kind of serves to pace you a little bit. That's also, I think, an interesting feature there. Like, I actually think a lot of what games do is slow you down or like, you know, put obstacles mm-hmm. in your way. Yeah. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> so it's like uh, also about buildup and frustration maybe. Right. Um, sure. And, and that's kind of maybe the pleasure of it, like that it's torturing <laughs> you a little bit by just being so slow, sure. <laughs> you know, you, you just got to get into it a little bit. And there's another guy and he's naked again. And um, yeah. So I don't know. I like this a lot. Um, and I also really appreciated this kind of, um interesting setup with these five guys that this young girl has a lot of power over oh yeah no that's somehow like it's rad that's like yeah the elements of like this girl finding these animals kissing them turning them into naked men and like you know having the stress and anxiety of like (laughs) how she's gonna house them in her room and you know these things that i think are like delightful thoughts that that seem totally mm-hmm. disconnected from like what an actual conflict of like you're right like what would happen if a man burst out of a cage in front of me and was like cut up like i love that it's disconnected from like the reality of like what would actually happen it's like this girl is like coveting them almost like i have i have to keep these like these men <laughs> so that then i can create a dating sim is incredible that's great truly beautiful and the whole environment is is just also so limited in a way. Like all the that only takes place in the, the vet's office, a suburban home, and a mall, I think, and a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> so this is really escapist in a way. Yeah. All right, folks, final thoughts for this one. I'm gonna be a play on this one. I'm doing that thing where I always do where I'm just like, yeah, I'm a play on everything, but I am. Uh, this one, this is, as far as visual novel goes, there's only one other one that I've enjoyed more than this one of the games we've played uh, that are visual novels. That And that one I thought could have been like a Netflix series. And this one just felt like sort of a charming, uh, interesting like departure from the other ones we've played in a lot of ways. So if you like visual novels, definitely check this out. And if you're looking for sort of like a, a sense of like visual novels or dating simulators, this is, I think, a good place to, to, to start. Um, Eric, why don't we go with you next? Yeah, I think I'm a play. I almost sent this to my wife, uh, Camille, because I, I think Camille might like. She might this. enjoy it. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's you got animals, you're kissing them, you're turning them into naked boys. If I, like if that doesn't sound up your alley, then don't play it. But <laughs> otherwise, I think like it's not too. Uh, it doesn't ruminate too much. It doesn't. It's not too. Um, you know, like in its own head, it's, it's very, uh, like on the surface level and it's adorable and it's, uh, probably designed by somebody, um, who, you know, wants to like hang out with cute boys, which, uh, yeah, you can do that in this game. I also love that it then turns into a dating simulator, like <laughs> to down the line. That's, that's a pretty incredible turn to me. Play it. How about you, Seb? Final thoughts? Yeah, same. It's a triple play! I, I also would recommend this, and I think there's actually a lot of thought put into like the, the setup and the story, and it, I love how it doesn't explain itself, and it's still kind of you know, composed really well as a thought experiment, and it's just super weird, so I'd encourage everyone to just try it out. Awesome. Great. Those are the games we played this week. Sebastian, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Sure. It was a pleasure. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug? Any uh, upcoming festivals or work? Or, or where can folks find you online? 
Yeah, so um, if you want to stay up to date about everything, now play this. Uh, there's nowplaythis.net. There's uh, nowplaythese uh, on Twitter. Um, and we also have a mailing list, which we use rarely. <laughs> but but um, probably the easiest is on Twitter, um, at nowplaythese. Yeah. Oh, wow. Matt, I think you and I are getting really good at this. I was not a part of that, but I wholeheartedly agree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Our next guest next week is Alicia uh, Marinick. She is a returning guest. Uh, She is a good friend of mine. She is an educator, an arts activist. Um, She is a mom. She has a wonderful Instagram. Uh, She's a good pal. And I I was so happy to have her on. And then I went out of town. So it's just uh, (laughs) you and Alex talking to her. Uh, But she's truly wonderful. Uh, An excellent, an excellent, excellent guest. Um, The games that we're playing next week are catlandia crisis at fort pawprint don't wake the night and soft underbelly it's a good one i can only imagine oh yeah it was a lot of fun so i'm excited to uh for everyone to hear hear this conversation we talked a lot about a lot of very interesting cool things so tune in next i love it I yeah. love it. Like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review, please. Track us down on the web uh, at bundle underscore buddies on Twitter or www.bundlebuddiespodcast.com. You went with Matt. a dot com, I saw. You could have gone with yeah. any number of dot anything. You went with the classic. I, you know, sometimes, sometimes why, uh, why broke it if it ain't fixed? You know? What about dot butt? <laughs> Damn it. I could You know what I'm saying? It. I know, I yeah. know. You're right. Alrighty, well. Hey. Uh, I love you, Eric. I love you too, man. Bundle Buddies is produced by Matthew Haddock. Our theme song is Neo Shiki by Roll Music. Email bundlebuddiespodcast at gmail.com to say hi. Hi. <laughs>